Hey there, Sean. Hey, Pierce. How's it going? It's pretty okay. All right. That means it's time for another episode of the It's Pretty Okay podcast. Let's do it. Let's start the show. If it is something fiendish, he introduced himself and said, What's your name? For the next four days, we played the exquisite corpse game. I sold my Okay, now, uh, you, you may have sensed, uh, uh, you know, slightly imperceptible yet undeniably crackling energy, uh, between us that you're, you're not used to or, or haven't heard in a while. Uh, that's because we're, we're here in, in person. Yeah, we are in Raleigh, North Carolina, watching the second weekend of the NCAA tournament, a thing we have not done together in quite a while. And uh, not this not this decade, actually. That is true. Yeah. Uh, and we have a guest with us. We have our friend Robert. Say hello, Robert. Hello. <laughs> <laughs> now, you may well have also just noted... Um, <laughs> I I don't want to say a, a lack of uh crackling electricity from from Robert. Uh it's really kind of it it's contagious. We've all got it a little bit um because because we we did a science experiment. We did. Yeah. We we were all I guess you would say somewhere zombie zombie. <laughs> Most important part of the scientific method was repeated trials of which there were several. <laughs> yeah, I I think the uh the way I put it earlier when we were at lunch is that we were all somewhere between shithoused and mega hammered <laughs> last night uh, after uh, what turned out, out to be several trips to a delightful tiki bar yes. called the Ark Royal, yes. which made all manner of uh, delicious, fruity, rum-based cocktails. And the reason that that is is sort of an interesting experiment is that at the very least pierce and i just read a blog post earlier this week about why it probably would be beneficial for all cocktails to be a little bit gross yes <laughs> and uh, you know the the sort of general thrust of that of that article was that you know there there's a real benefit to your hard liquor drinks, uh, tasting, you know, a little bit like a combination of cough medicine and gasoline. Mm-hmm. And that's that you're not necessarily enticed to drink seven of them <laughs> uh, and, and wind up in a ditch or, or anything like that. Uh, and we smartly decided to test the exact opposite of that. <laughs> Yeah, and it, it I mean in some ways it reminds me of of something that I heard David Plot say, but I'm sure it was is attributed to to someone else, but it was with cocktails um one is too many, two is just right, three is is never enough. And I feel like that's this too. It's like you want to stay at that place where you're like that was that was too much, but as we ran into when you have something that is delicious and fruit based and everything else, you're like, wow, I, I want more of these, especially if it has flowers on it. I was going to say they're also crafted with care. They're in these funky, cool glasses or almost mug ceramic glass things with faces on them. There's flowers, there's fruit. It's there's... too inviting. Yes. 
Yeah, I think that's clearly the problem is is that these things are are too uh too inclusive and and enticing. Yeah, and there are many other problems that go along with it. So, uh like if you go and get some beers and you you end up with one too many beers for the group, it might not get drank, but that's okay. Like it's but with the cocktail or with the the fun cocktails, if someone orders too many, then you end up drinking it anyway. And if it's tasty this is definitely not a thing that happened to us last night we didn't wind up with a a floating extra jungle bird well actually no we really didn't because you just drank it max (laughs) (laughs) but robert you are i think are i don't even think you are pretty inarguably our resident certainly tiki cocktail expert and maybe cocktail expert in general does this like does this argument sound even moderately reasonable to you? No, not really. <laughs> <laughs> That's it. Uh, so the argument being that cocktails should be somewhat repulsive so that you don't drink too many of them. I think the purpose of the cocktail is on its face to make something that was already somewhat unpalatable or not maybe as approachable for somebody and make it more approachable, make it more delicious. So if you don't get into whiskey because you don't think that, you know, drinking whiskey straight is for you, you might get into whiskey via the cocktail. Um, I mean, even some of the advice that you get for like trying out spirits for the first time of watering it down and then dialing the water back until it's like the right level for you is in effect a kind of a cocktail because you are mixing the alcohol with something else to change its nature a little bit and make it more desirable, more palatable. So cocktails are always supposed to entice you into drinking more of the thing. That is dangerous. Yeah, it it almost sounds like maybe there is an uncanny valley effect here. Where, because I agree with with Robert, but I also get the argument that they maybe shouldn't be too delicious. Yes. So maybe it's some kind of uh, there's some kind of curve where there there is a just right place. Mm, where, like mm-hmm. I know my like I really appreciate a paper plane and other bourbon cocktails. That's a very spirit forward cocktail though, the, well, and so you can taste that it's alcoholic and you know that it's alcoholic. The problem that we had after our <laughs> repeated trials last night was that you couldn't taste the booze exactly yeah i i I would say i drank uh, there was a point last night where i was like 3.2 percent painkiller by volume uh and uh, you know the pain that they are killing is clearly the burn of alcohol going down your throat there was Uh, alcohol in those (laughs) it could also be the pain of existence that is that is true but like you know I, i find that if I'm like going out for some sort of occasion, I I will gravitate to something like a Negroni that is really very kind of bitter and herbal and medicinal and like tastes like, I mean, medicinal is the right word because it tastes like medicine in such a way that makes me think like, don't overdo the dose. (laughs) And so like, I don't think I've ever had more than two Negronis in a night. And that seems like, kind of a perfect sweet spot like if i had six negronis i would have such a bad time so maybe different cocktails have different doses (laughs) 
Uh, yeah, I that that sounds I mean, that sounds reasonable. I feel like it's usually the tiki drinks and tiki esque drinks are the ones that maybe come in giant bowls with multiple straws. Mm. <laughs> I don't but, know that I don't, I don't know many bars where you can get like a twenty four ounce Negroni. <laughs> Uh, Mad Hatter in DC does those big like the hats, plexiglass. Those, those are for those are for teens. Those are made for teens. That that doesn't they, mean they it's do bright. Negronis the, in those. <laughs> uh, no, no, it's a kind of a punch. It's not quite tiki, but I mean there there are places that do group drinks, but group drinks is definitely liver. a, a yeah. concept that occurs often in in the tiki movement. I I think one thing that I find curious too is is the type of drink that we are talking about that is very easy to drink it also a lot of times they have a lot of i think of like uh, a pina, a pina colada for instance or or the ones we had last night they end up having a lot of other stuff and juices and whatever in them which the sugar thing is is definitely not good that's that's part of the reason you feel terrible i think afterwards um but it's surprising that you know you do end up eating or eating well drinking so many because they're pretty filling too. Whereas like a martini or a Manhattan or, you know, a Negroni in a lot of senses, those are, it's not that they're light, um, but they don't have these other aspects to them that are filling, but you are like this, I, I am drinking fire. I put this away from me. So I think there's an interesting bit that you feel you want to have more of these that taste wonderful I guess I was hoping that I would feel full at some point. I didn't. It, it helps that we didn't eat dinner. <laughs> now, I, so I want to go back to something. Just because you're old doesn't mean you're wise. <laughs> I want to go back to something that Robert said earlier, which is that cocktails are supposed to take something, you know, booze that is not necessarily uh, up everyone's alley and make it more appealing and and more enticing because. I think there's another there's sort of another arm of this that's a little more insidious, which is like your uh, college bar rail mixed drink, your uh, whiskey Coke, your, uh, you know, I don't know, vodka cranberry. These things that are are designed not to make a, a, a hard liquor more approachable and enticing but really to disguise and hide it so that you can get to mega hammered quicker. It's not, it's not unlike um, some of the, the coffee drinks out there where it's like, this is a vehicle for caffeine. It's not a vehicle for, it's a vehicle for caffeine and sugar. It's not a vehicle for, for coffee. Like all of a sudden when you, I mean, uh, Ben Affleck's order at, at Dunkin Donuts, that's like, you mean a a regular, a regular, I thought he had a special one where it's like four inches of sugar at the bottom. That's, That's a, called a regular. Yeah. <laughs> oh. um, but but yeah, it's like with what you're describing, I think that there comes a point in, in the valley we've discussed where it's like, well, this is maybe, this is really just a vehicle to get you to a point of feeling as opposed to, oh, this is making, this is making like my enjoyment of the alcohol uh, enhanced. I I don't I I don't know why I took us down this road. I don't even want to think about like rum and cokes at the Biltmore. <laughs> I just don't. Yeah, it's not it's not about the rum. It's not about the coke. I'm it's having about a, getting I'm, to the that. I'm you having just a bad get to that time just thinking yeah. about it. Yeah, you're trying to get into that altered state, and 
that just makes it well, and that's a faster trip. And that's the frustration too with with the tea greeting something that it's crafted. It's like I really like you know being able to drink that and talk about it, which is what we did a lot. But I obviously I don't like the feeling later. But then you're like, this is so good. I want to continue this 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 adventure. Whereas you know, if you went to a place that only had Budweiser, you would definitely get full, and <laughs> it would not. It's not. That's it's true. not. The act of doing it is not enjoyable. Yeah, well, and with with rail drinks, it's also a uh, it's like there's a, there's a cost to it. You don't want to use. You don't always want to spend the money on expensive liquor, and you don't want it to be complicated for you know a bartender to make. So I don't know. It's just throwing cheap things together to something that is acceptable that will you know get you in a in a state right. Where with cocktails, you want to use better liquor because you're trying to make a tastier drink yeah it's the difference between the drink itself being the experience or the drink being the the lubricant the social lubricant for your experience of like being out with people and like though i think those are two very those are two obviously very different like approaches to drinking they are i do have uh, at least one example where they sort of come together because where does a long island iced tea fall <laughs> within this uh it, it self harm. Yeah, I think, but beyond I think, that, I think it falls off a stool along with you if you have one. <laughs> Certainly, if you have two, yeah, two and two, and they can be and. crafted with care and have a lot of uh, taste. What? Hold on. <laughs> wait, 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 wait. What Long Island iced tea have you ever had in your life that was crafted with care? Well, the ones that came in in the buckets in Florida. No, no. Well, usually my experience with... Uh, I don't order Long Island iced teas, but when I see them, usually the bartender grabs, puts a bottle between each finger and just like turns his hand over to dump it into the mixer. You, you, you know something is, is wrong if, if you can say, usually my experience, which means that there are no experiences with Long Island iced teas, that there were some unusual circumstances <laughs> as well. Um. No. Was this a Long Island iced tea that was made by Tom Cruise in the movie Cocktail? Oh, or well, yeah. is it like a Long Island iced tea that was made by Kevin's father-in-law? Or I don't know if he drinks Long Island iced teas. He doesn't. I'm just being... Not that you know about. <laughs> You're at a bar and you see someone walk up and they order it. And you can tell the bartender's like, oh, I know what you want. And then he, you know, well, you want he does his a thing. A lot of really bad alcohol mixed together. Yeah. So I, I don't know if, so I guess like tiki drinks are obviously delicious and sweet. Maybe there is still that valley, but maybe they're not too far down it. Because I actually think of something that goes even further, which is an experience at least Sean and I have had, which is like dessert bars. Basically, very desserty drinks. We went to a place in, in Charleston, South Carolina yes. many years ago that featured essentially, what, boozy milkshakes kind yeah. of is a simple thing. And those... You really can't have more than one because they're too filling. Or, or grasshopper is something that we've we've yeah. had together before. Yeah, but I, I I contend that you actually could pretty easily drink like three grasshoppers in a night. That's because a grasshopper doesn't have I don't know a pint and a half of ice cream in it. Yeah, I think that that what I I realize is, and I think it's interesting to go back to your point, Robert, too, which is, um you know if you're trying to get in something like whiskey and there are very strong flavors and some of it is you just you may focus on the burn 
Um, but I, I often think too, and as someone who started to buy more uh, items to make cocktails with, I get hesitant sometimes when when an ingredient ends up being a little bit expensive because I'm like, well, if I really want to taste it, it is going to get clouded out by, say, cream of coconut or pineapple or or orange juice or, or whatever you're putting in there. It's one thing if it's like lemon or lime, but so there is a point where it's like I I feel like it, it is usually cheaper stuff as we've discussed, and I want to save the fancier stuff for simpler preparations, uh, like we, an old fashioned. We call that the Luxardo cherry effect. Yeah, like I'm I'm I I'm like oh I should buy these, and it's like one it's an overwhelming flavor, and two they are super expensive. <laughs> yeah, it is it is a a tough impediment to to some of that stuff. I like. And like I live alone, living alone feels like a, a pretty solid impediment to, you know, getting into cocktails because I'm not, I'm not mixing hard liquor drinks for myself and no one else on a Wednesday night. Um, I maybe I'm on an Speak island for yourself on that front. <laughs> well, but that is that is a good point, and and we talked about it a little bit too. I think that the nice thing about the cocktails, well, and kind of why I don't want them to be kind of gross is. If you make it for yourself, um, which is a fun experience that I've enjoyed, first, there is an appeal to, like, I will make one because it does take an effort. And two, you you want to appreciate it and you want to see how it changes. And if every time you make it and you're like, this tastes like vinegar, but mm, it's supposed to taste that way, which I know some people are into vinegar. But I just think that I it's hard to appreciate something if you if you think it's gross and i think that these should be appreciated just as we appreciate you know good beer and good coffee like crappy coffee you're like well it's kind of crappy but it should because it's feeding me a a, a dangerous drug in the form of caffeine it's like no i i want it to be good yeah i think on its face i i really kind of hate this argument um in the sense that like maybe i'm sure there's some satire behind it i didn't read the article but like at some point, it's a, it's a personal problem when you're drinking sure. seven painkillers. <laughs> yeah, it, and not the bartender's fault for making that painkiller taste delicious. Yeah, there is definitely a hefty dose of of satire and sarcasm behind it too. It's not actually arguing like all spirit drinks should taste bad. It's really, I think this would this maybe would have been uh, more swiftly and universally accepted if the headline was just sweet drinks are dangerous yeah but then again that doesn't necessarily grab eyeballs well i i think you could maybe with these it, it could be too much the if something's good like you might not retrace your steps back to the same place that night for the purpose of getting them but if something and then do it again yeah and then maybe do it again so if something, right, so when are we going back there tonight uh, we're recording right after this <laughs> Yeah. on the way there right now yeah, yeah so i i think they could be too good and they might make you make they might override your desires to watch basketball they might override your desires to to spend less money like the, they, they they completely take that. away any any decision making power that you have <laughs> you kevin are just in the thrall of the jungle bird yeah, and I mean, part of it, there is, there is a component to this, too, where it's like, oh, you know, control, and it's like, oh, you know, two two is the right amount, and, you know, that is not a, 
that is a a slippery thing and and like that is worth recognizing too so i appreciate the sentiment of like hey it is maybe a reminder of like gross is good because it reminds you it's like no this is this is a thing that is legitimately dangerous but as as our you know as we talk about the sugar aspect or or caffeine or or anything like that it's like well also uh, soda is is very much not good for you, and the whole driving principle of it is they are delicious to drink and mm-hmm. stuff like that. And uh, the same could be what it overall is then saying is like moderation is a really great aim if you are able to to do that. Yeah, and I think like there's the there's the deliciousness, but then there's also the craftness. I mean, you see craft cocktails, and like those are those are maybe the ones it's that just come me, but it seems inevitably well. Sure, but it seems like, you know, more and more places have signature cocktail menus. And so not only are they maybe delicious, but they're you're seeing more unique drinks. Like uh, I saw like a gin and dill cocktail and my my friend had one a few weeks ago and it was it was unique and you know, delicious in its own way. But the tricky thing with that too, and similar to the tiki drinks, is because they're so crafted with care and kind of unique you're kind of encouraged to try more of them, yeah. which is also dangerous in the sense of like whenever, you know, there's general rules to, to drinking and how you're going to feel later in the next day. And typically the the fewer unique alcoholic beverages you have, the better. But when you go to a tiki bar and they have 15 drinks that all sound wildly cool and unique, you're going to try different things and also try different things with your friends and, and go from there. Now, that was an interesting example to choose because I don't know that gin and dill is all that uh innovative you had a vodka and dill drink last night oh well i didn't <laughs> i mean you you started to and then but you I didn't just, yeah yeah well i, I you know that there, there that were is, vodka picklebacks that that is an example Strike like malort where I you've you've entered a different part of this this weird valley that we're all in, which is actually gross is the is the uh, driving force behind it. It's like, oh my lord, I'm gonna have some because it's <laughs> because it is gross. Birthday cake. I actually I don't know why birthday cake vodka exists. I just know I never want to have it again. Uh, yeah, you do. You know why it exists. Well, you've had it for the first time. I, I memorably. I, I, that's an interesting choice of words. <laughs> Well, it sounds like yeah. something we could use is uh, so if you've been to uh, like a sporting event that, or like a college sporting event that sells alcohol, one thing that they do like at the JMU football games is they give you a wristband, and they punt like you know they mark it every time you buy a drink, and you can so you can only get it's not that they don't stop at the end of the third quarter like you can only get X number of of drinks. So maybe the tiki bar should implement a similar system, where okay. you get a wristband, and you're done after two. It's very well, that dark. Sort of go against their own self-interest, though. <laughs> yeah, that's bad business. What kind of dystopian nineteen eighty-four nonsense is that? What's the what's the what's the what is the quotation about? There's no there's no morality in capitalism, basically. Oh, there's no ethical consumption under capitalism. Yeah, and there we are. <laughs> I, I, that's that, that that's like kind of a sad way, but I, overall, I would say also with the, I think the the idea that like again control is is a good aim if that is if that is something that that you can do and if if grossness is a reminder and it's helpful that's that's very cool but also you know don't limit the people who are doing this craftsmanship i i mean i think that 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 is a very cool thing that people do and they do wondrous things and 
let's not limit <laughs> let's not limit their art. Yeah, I think the easy solution here, if you're one of those people, is to just order the painkiller Spectrum. You can order a painkiller four. <laughs> it's probably not as delicious as a painkiller one. <sighs> I mean, yeah. Look, this this blog post is very like drinker. It's very focused on the drinker, and, and honestly, like because this idea has cropped up in other places before it's also pretty clearly targeted at like avoiding getting out of control in situations where it would be very bad for you to get out of control like i don't know a work event um you know we've we've discussed uh we've discussed the the potential pitfalls of uh drinking centric work events before uh triple all of those if you've had like four cocktails uh that's probably a bad idea uh, but but you're right. Like you don't you don't really want to limit what what you know people's enjoyment. I'm not saying like every bar has to be hedonism too. But you know, go out and enjoy a tiki cocktail. They're great. They're really fucking good. Yeah, and and maybe the best way to do it is to go with a group of people so you can try everything but not necessarily drink it all your, yourself you can taste everything yes yeah, tasting yes yeah and then go then leave and go somewhere else for a minute Ooh. and then go back yeah and then leave for an even shorter amount of time and then go back again clearly what we need the next big thing is cocktail flights So you would we, just I, a flight of death is, is what we that we is. define the word need uh, quite differently it's not about need <laughs> that's right it is not about need uh, okay do we have any any other things we want to get on the record uh, before we move on to Pierce's sorry hydration hydrate yeah, that's, before that's you hydrate that's pretty that's pretty where good does too. A, where does a hurricane fall <laughs> In a gutter. In the Some, same category as the Long Island iced tea. Somewhere around the Gulf of Mexico. <laughs> so I I have a quick question just that. So the, last night was it was like a revelation. I had never had a tiki bar drink before. Is this like Whoa. a tiki bar exclusive phenomenon or are there other cocktails? I know you mentioned like the milkshake one, but like other types of cocktails that are that delicious. I mean, it depends on what you're in the mood for or what you want to drink because, yeah, there's potentially an infinite number of cocktails. I mean, there's lots of different ingredients and combinations and ways to put them together. So, yeah, I mean, it would take an awful long time to try them all. Maybe we should. But uh, if you want to find another one that's, like, as delicious as, as a tiki drink. But that one is, like... I think that the the tiki bar and like the tiki cocktail is like its own sort of like thing and then there are other bars that are other styles of cocktails and maybe if that's your scene or that's what you're in the mood for then it would it would have a similar effect yeah okay okay well uh take it away maestro what are you apologizing for today um so i went to trivia i think two weeks ago now and um it the round was like images and you had to guess the the it was the brand's original um logo um and one popped up and it was like a five pointer so it was the the highest point and i immediately got it um and the other people in my group were like huh um and i got it and then i i felt this guilt wash over me so i did i did um 
uh, apologize because it was, uh, if you ever seen the old Eastman Kodak, so the old Kodak logo, it's an E and a K and a C that is um, together. The reason I knew what it was is because uh, the YouTuber that goes by Binging with Babish has the tattoo on his arm, and I'm so used to not only seeing the tattoo on his, his arm, but also in his cookbook, he writes about the tattoos. So I knew that it was the Eastman Kodak logo. Um, and so that was that was kind of embarrassing. It was good to get the question right, but the shame maybe was uh, not worth that much. So uh, I'm sorry for knowing YouTubers' tattoos. Yeah. Yeah, it seems about right. I think that's worthy of an apology. We did get $30 out of it, and I still don't know that it was worth it. (laughs) All right. Uh, Well, uh, unfortunately, uh, I goofed up and and forgot to bring trivia questions. So we'll we'll close the show with a big idea from pop culture. And uh, this this week, I have been uh, hammering my way through the 90s a book which is a uh, a history of the decade by our our pal chuck klosterman who has actually decided to make a guest appearance on the podcast hello chuck well sean the thing about bo jackson is <laughs> it is such a limited impression that you do you've got like 10 words that you can say and two of them are bo jackson <laughs> this is i mean that's most of what he talks about um, also, it's painful to do that impersonation. Understood. I don't know how your vocal cords are not shredded right now, but it's you know he's he's sort of become uh, famous for you know sort of witty pop culture and sports focused essays, and this is not really that. This is a much more sort of straightforward, you know. Uh, him taking on a more straightforward historian type role. And it, it's, it's pretty interesting. There's, uh, there, there's chapters about, uh, you know, the, the invention and kind of rise to prominence of the modern internet, um, uh, about the ways that, uh, TV and, and movies depicted, uh, life. There's, there's discussion of Quentin Tarantino. Um, uh, there's basically, there's a lot if you have anything in common with any of the five people that have talked on this podcast today, like there's probably something in this book that's going to appeal to you. Gen X blogger of a certain age discusses Quentin Tarantino. Oh, I've never heard that before. God, that is up so many people's alleys. Um, and it may well be for you as well. So, uh, the nineties, a book by Chuck Klosterman. Yeah. Um, all right, that's the end of the show. You can find us at our home on the web at www.prettyokpod.com or you can subscribe to the show feed on your podcast app of choice. If you do that, please tell a friend about the show. We would love to share it with them as well. We'll be back next week to talk about something else. Until then, I'm Sean. I'm Pierce. I'm Max, live from the Taboo Room in Raleigh, North Carolina. I'm Kevin. And I'm Robert. Thanks for listening. Fuck a phantom, I'm fed up with phony fantasies, fake, fugazi fantasies, fam. We fought for family.
Philly. Foes feeling free to forge confetti and fame. He fabricated, fascinating, like a Frank Pazetta frame. Fools falsify facts, friends figure it's fine. They fail to fix the fraudulent and formulate a Frankenstein for real. You focus fuzzy like put into the flesh. Heard a first barrel fossil found, fetch a glass. Force it, force it down fast, cause floods in the forecast. You don't know a fraction, forget the half. Financial futures finish. Phantoms got you free falling for females. The fish for the fictitious. Wow.